Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Hungry for More. I'm your host, Al Smith, the Pipe Padre, and uh, today we're going to talk about theology of the body. Now, many of you have heard that phrase and possibly know of uh, this beautiful teaching that uh, St. John Paul II uh, gave to us many years ago, and uh, there was a huge uh, theology of the body uh, conference that was a digital conference and uh, the guest on our show today was one of the speakers at that conference and uh, there was over 75,000 people that registered and uh, watched a number of the talks and so uh, I think we're still talking about theology of the body and uh, again it's very important especially for today and uh, I think everybody's hungry for more about theology of the body because we've heard it um, you know, spoken about, but uh, we're going to find out what it is today and uh, going to have a great guest. It's going to be uh, a really good time. And of course, we're open for questions today and um, the discussion, but uh, you know, you can't think about theology of the body without, without thinking of Christopher West or um, a number of, uh, you know, again, the 70, almost 80 speakers that uh, gave a reflection at that conference were just the best of the best. So uh, we'll we'll drop some names a bit later in the show. But let's begin, as we always do, with this beautiful prayer uh, to St. Teresa of Avila. And I'll ask my producer, Kent Kowalski, to bring it up on the screen. And please join me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things are passing. God never changes. Patience obtains all things. Nothing is wanting to him who possesses God. God alone suffices. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, beautiful words from a saint that we need today, St. Teresa of Avila. And uh, I tell you, uh, her wisdom rings true, especially today. Uh, let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. Now, uh, my guest, uh, Brendan McCulley. Um, I'm going to bring him on the screen here. You know, usually uh, what happens is the uh, introductions can get long, but I've always found it's best for my uh, guest to introduce himself. And uh, I think we all want to get to know him. Uh, Brendan is a, a new graduate. He's uh, got his master's degree uh, from the, um, I want to say, the John Paul II Institute in Washington, D.C., where, um, again, he has his, um, I always like letters behind <laughs> our names but mts he's got his master in theological studies and uh, of course he's got his undergraduate from washington uh, university and um you know i always say washington state university because i don't want to get into um, any fights i know some people are really particular all my friends from michigan oh you, you get into that michigan state western michigan uh but again there's those rivalries but uh Let's just say uh, this uh, guest that we're going to have on our show, uh, I think will really inspire you. And uh, we're looking forward to a conversation with Brendan McCauley. So Brendan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Al. Hello, everyone. It's good to be here. Good. Uh, Brendan, um, you know, again, the introductions are just scratching the surface. Um, just take a few moments to uh, share with our viewers today a bit of your journey and uh, help us to get to know who you are. Yeah. So I'm from Olympia, Washington. And yes, I went to Washington State, not University of Washington. Those are the Huskies. So yeah, don't want to talk about them. But I grew up Catholic. I was in love with my faith since a child. But I'd say a big event in my life was when I was 18 years old, my brother had a brain injury in college. He's two years older than me. And he got hit in the head with a softball, um, a random just errant throw and he ended up having to do four surgeries and he actually just got married this last summer. So he's doing well, but that event 
I'm 18 years old. I'm a senior in high school. I mean, you don't really think about death. All you're really thinking about is being with your friends and having fun. And I went off to college and I really began to recognize, okay, I'm going to die one day. I need to be asking questions. What's the meaning of my life? What's important? If I'm Catholic, I got to believe it and I got to know it and tell the world. So I began to fall in love with my faith in college. And then my greatest conversion happened between my junior and senior year when I went to the Theology of the Body Institute to be an intern. And I studied business and I was looking at business internships as well, but I got invited to be with them and it radically changed my life. I tell people I, I broke down in tears every day for like three months. And it was because the Lord gave me a gift that helped me to experience a different way to see the world. And I didn't know that that existed. It was truly a gift. And after receiving that, I just felt this call that I need to tell as many people as I can. And I eventually applied to the John Paul II Institute to get my master's in theology for marriage and family. And all I want to do is try to spread this, this message of theology of the body. Yes. Now, again, just, uh, I love books that are like, you know, economics for dummies, uh, Aquinas for dummies, and, you know, theology of the body for dummies. Um, for mm -hmm. many people who are watching right now, Give us a little bit of what is theology of the body? Like, give us the, you know, the Coles notes. Yeah. Um, introduce that to us. So if I, I forgot my book downstairs, but it's about this thick of a book. Yeah, he's got it right there. That's, there that's yeah, there you go. So what is theology of the body? So there's two ways to answer this. First, how did this come about? Well, it all be, I'd say, it started in 1930 when the Anglican Church accepted the use of contraception in certain cases. For 1900 years, all Christian denominations recognized the immorality of contraception. And in 1968, all the denominations fell and the Catholic Church had to give an answer. And the, the birth control pill came out in 1960. And so, you know, what was the answer going to be? And everyone thought they were going to say, you know, okay, it's okay. But 1968, and I know there may be some viewers right now who, you know, contraception, I mean, come on, Catholic Church, what are you guys doing? But Pope Paul VI in his encyclical, he said something very important. He said, in order for this question to be asked, we need a total vision of man. We need to know who is man. John Paul II, when he was a cardinal, from before he became Pope, started writing this total vision of man. And when he became Pope in 1978, from 79 to 84, he delivered these Wednesday audiences. He delivered 129 addresses on what does it mean to be human? Theology of the body. And he looks at who were we in the beginning? Why were we created? What's going on now with sin in our hearts, but also redemption? And where are we going? What's our destiny? In order to look at sexuality and the marital embrace and its nature, we need to understand who the, who the heck we are. So that's, so John Paul II wrote this theology of the body, it can also be called, he says, human love and the divine plan. But theology of the body, it's a term you don't really hear that often, especially in, we could say, the secular culture. But theology means the study of God in the body. So the body speaks something about God. What does it speak? In the beginning, he created them male and female and called the two to become one flesh. God has revealed himself to be 
an eternal exchange of life-giving love, of fruitful communion. God is not sexual. He's pure spirit. But imprinted on our sexuality, masculinity and femininity, is a call to holy communion. It's a call to image the Trinitarian life here on earth. We don't really think of this. That's one position. Another position, John Paul II says, okay, theology of the body. Do we believe in Christmas? What is the heart of Christianity in John's gospel? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was made flesh. Theology entered the body, John Paul II says, through the main door. So the body is the place where the eternal one reveals himself to us. Wow. And I, I think sometimes, you know, I just get caught up in what you're saying there. And I apologize for being a little bit um, stage fright because I think it's this whole, there's so much, I want to say confusion going out on there now. And I know that you um, aspire to speak to a young audience because you are young. And I'm sure mm -hmm. that you have stood in front of many uh, students at university campuses and high schools. And I just think of how the questions come out to you because of, you know, I guess the dysphoria, is that the right word to use? But uh, John Paul II was very clear that in the beginning there was man and woman. And maybe you could share a little bit of this experience you have sharing theology of the body with young people because um, it talks about the beauty of the body and man and woman. But I'm sure... Um, you might have to wrestle with some of your peers. I'm sharing a little bit of those stories and that experience that you uh, find in the course, um, you know, as you visit university campuses and high school um, campuses, uh, talking, engaging the culture on these issues. Yeah, it, see, here's the thing. What's the title of this? Hungry for more. We are hungry. We are hungry for love, for union, for a joy that never ends. And when people hear this message that, no, that's actually good, that this thirst, our desires that we have are good. We, in the Catholic Church, I'm not saying everywhere, but at least I wasn't grown up really given answers to why do I have these desires? And People want to hear this because guess what? We're hungry. If people aren't going to tell me really why I'm having this, the reason behind all of this, then I'm going to be looking for food anywhere. And sometimes it gets us in trouble. But what I've learned through speaking with college students, high schoolers is we're hungry. We are really for meaning. I mean, especially just during this time with the virus, it's, it should be a time of reflection of what's this all about? And we need to start asking these questions. We need to start engaging in conversation about the deeper questions, even if it means to be, to be vulnerable. That's hard. That's very hard. But it's the place where ultimately we can be loved. Yeah. Again, it's this, um, again, people almost, we live in this culture that's my body, my choice. Um, you know, I want free love. You know, how are you going to break through uh, this cultural message that's so strong, so strong amongst young people? And um, I think, you know, when people encounter Christ and they start to um, aspire to a higher love, um, there's there's possibly that time of conversion that wants to listen to that story, listen to that message and embrace it. But again, you, you must be hit, you must hit a brick wall sometimes because of the indoctrination uh, that so many people have. My body, my choice, uh, you know, my sexuality. You can't tell me what to do with my body. Um, I can have as much as many partners as I want. All of these things. So again. <laughs> Give me the answers. I need to know how to respond yes. because it is, it is a, it's a battle. It's a spiritual battle you're in. Mm -hmm. So 
this is I I've engaged with a lot of my friends on this on this topic, but we breathe modern thought. What is modern thought? We separate the body and the soul. The body is simply biology and the person, what is meaningful is your mind. And this goes back to Rene Descartes' philosophy. He was a German philosopher in the 1600s, but his philosophy was in order to have power and freedom is we need to rationalize, take control and manipulate the external world. So even our bodies, in order to be free, truly free, we have to be able to have dominion and power over everything. And so this is where we get freedom as choice. Freedom for the modern world is do whatever you want, whenever you want. That's what freedom is, free choice. Whereas this is not what real authentic freedom is. If I do evil, if I am an addict, Am I free? If I'm an addict, I'm a slave. And this is, this is, we are sexually addicted. Our world is sexually addicted from the sexual revolution. It, it basically put on the front page, this is what you guys want. This is what you guys want. John Paul II says, you guys want to talk about sex in the body then we are going to enter what St. Paul says is the great mystery that man and woman and the call the two to become one flesh reveals. We're going to go deep into the meaning of the body. But our modern world wants to remain superficial. Don't talk about this stuff. Don't talk about religion. Privatize all of that. But here's the thing. When we separate our body and soul, the catechism says this is death. The heart of Christianity is incarnation, spirit, divine nature, and human incarnation, one, spirit and matter. This is, what is freedom? Freedom is being bound, John Paul II says, to truth and the good. Freedom is the ordering of the appetites through virtue to their good. And choosing nothing less. This is what is chastity. People think chastity is, oh, you're Catholic, that means you don't have sex, you think the body's all this. What is chastity? Chastity is integrating our sexuality to its greatest good. To its greatest good. Freedom is not about choice, it's not about do whatever you want. It has John Paul II says freedom is where you have what you ought to do and that's the good yes um you know i i'm big on virtue i'm big on the beatitudes uh because archbishop Shin wrote a great deal on the virtues and on the beatitudes and i think of john paul too how he spent a great deal of time talking about blessed are the pure of heart mm -hmm. and we know how that ends for they shall see god Maybe you could share a little bit about John Paul II's writings on blessed are the pure of heart to help um, complement Sheen's writings on yes. that very subject. I just thought of this story that I think will illuminate this for us. I learned it from Christopher West and he writes in a lot of his books, so you may be familiar with it, but the story about two bishops early on in the church Two bishops walk out of a cathedral and there's a scantily clad prostitute in the streets. One of the bishops says to the other bishop, brother bishop, turn your eyes. The other bishop gazed intently at this woman and he said, how sad that such beauty is being sold to the lusts of men. Who did the right thing? The first or the second bishop, they both did. If we know in our heart, I'm going to look at this woman in an objectified way, then we need to turn our eyes and ask, Lord, come into my heart, purify what has been twisted. But what are we called to? Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Where? Everywhere. This other bishop who gazed intently at this woman, 
saw an image of God and it made him weep. And I just want to share them. This is beautiful. But at the end, this is how the story ends, is that woman, this prostitute, had never been gazed on by any man before in that way. It drew her to him. And she is now recognized in the church as St. Pelagia. This is the thing. And this goes back to my college experience in my fraternities is that the, and this is what John Paul II says is the look, it reveals what's in the heart. And in our, my fraternity days is I would look, but I would not see, as Jesus said, I would stop at the surface of the body. And this is the, what the hookup culture is. We stop at the surface. John Paul II says, you aren't experiencing the fullness of your thirst and your desire for, for love, to, to love and to, and to be loved if we stop at the surface of the body. What does the pure of heart do? The pure of heart enables our actions to be good. Because we often, I thought kind of early on in my high school days is, you know, you can't do this, do this. And you'd kind of repress. And in my heart, I was kind of like, I want to do this. I want to do this. And this is the thing. If we limit it to the law, don't do this, do this. There's going to be no transformation of the heart. This is where Jesus appeals. He appeals to the heart. And this allows us to see the body. It allows us to see every person as good and beautiful. Amen. Amen. And on that note, we're going to take a short break, Brendan. We, of course, want to uh, share uh, again um, our unique partnership that we have with the uh, Patchwork Heart Ministry. And uh, of course, uh, Fiat has been partnering with a number of people over the years to try to spread uh, the good news. Uh, again, mm -hmm. the Fiat Ministry Network is set up so that uh, all souls will come to Jesus Christ. So We'll take that short break and be back with Brenda McCauley from the Theology of the Body Institute here on Hungry for More. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Hey everyone, it's Anne DeSantis here to tell you about my new online TV show called Journeys in Faith. Thanks to Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Radio, I'll be interviewing some amazing guests who'll share with all of us their journeys in faith. It's going to be great, and I can't wait for you to be introduced to some truly good people who are working hard to bring deeper faith to others. It's all about relationship with God and living out our mission as intentional disciples. Join me on Fridays, Eastern Time, for Journeys in Faith, 8.30 to 9.30. Subscribe at Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry on both Facebook and YouTube. I'll see you Friday and have a great week. God bless. And welcome back to another edition of Hungry for More. I have in the studio with me today, Brenda McCauley from the Theology of the Body Institute. And uh, we were talking about blessed are the pure of heart, uh, for they shall see God. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people that uh, are close to the Theology of the Body Institute uh, speak highly of the programs and uh, uh, the various workshops that are offered. And I know, Brenda, you were sharing earlier with us how uh, you had a life-changing experience uh, with one of the workshops that you attended. And um, let's talk a little bit uh, for a few moments about the Theology of the Body Institute. Uh, we'll put up on the screen, of course, for people to uh, know where to find the Institute. Uh, they have a beautiful website. Uh, with so much on it. And uh, again, I thank them for putting on the conference that was held uh, just a few days ago, it seems. And uh, so many people um, 
you know, watched a number of videos and uh, tr truly enjoyed that. And I know uh, maybe you could share your experience uh, with, uh, you know, being on the conference and um, again, the feedback that you received and uh, how, uh, you know, lives were changed uh, literally uh, by receiving this message, sometimes for even just the first time. And uh, again, maybe you can share a little bit about uh, the Institute itself and your experience on um, being one of the speakers at the conference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so being one of the speakers at the conference was an amazing opportunity. I, you know, it's actually harder than I thought to talk to a screen for, you know, almost 20 minutes. So I had to take a couple tries, but it was a great opportunity. I got um, great feedback. And I, I really talked about the thirst that we all have to be loved, to be known, and to be seen, and how we take that thirst towards things that can't satisfy. And uh, the feedback I got was just that, and this is really the call of the Christian life is to really awaken desire. This is Pope Benedict said, the early church fathers said, prayer is becoming a longing and a thirst for God. And a lot of the feedback was that it helped them awaken that thirst, just because during this time of the virus where we can't really receive the sacraments as much as we would like. But the Theology of the Body Institute, really, they offer many courses uh, about, and their main courses are week-long, 30-hour intensive course, but it's very retreat-oriented. I would highly recommend any person to go there, no matter what religion, anyone. I, I forced my parents to go because I truly believed it was the treasure that we are all looking for. And I was like, oh my gosh, I found it. God gave me this gift and I, I need to tell anyone about this. And, and this is kind of what I said before, but the Institute is really a, an immersion, a, a six-day immersion in this theology of the body. And I know we're just talking 45 minutes about it, but this immersion is what allows the experience, the heart to be made pure if we open and let it to be. Yes. You know, when I saw a promotional video once about, um, you know, the uh, retreat, and I always remember there was a gentleman my age and he was moved to tears and um, he was saying, you know, I felt like I'd been lied to that the world lied to me and he truly found the beautiful teachings uh, of the mm -hmm. church and the wisdom of St. John Paul II. And I know that sometimes when you hold up this book of Theology of the Body, it can be daunting and you would uh, say, how are we ever going to tackle this? But I think if you, as you said, if it's a 30 hour course, I'm sure um, the participant can pick up um, and mm -hmm. glean from this book the real gems, the real nuggets, uh, and be able to apply it in their lives. I'm sure that's been your experience. Yes. And I'd recommend, if you just want to even read a book, small book, Theology of the Body from Beginners by Christopher West, and also uh, Theology of the Body in One Hour by Jason Everett would be a great resource. But the 30-hour uh, the is you're soaking this these riches that St. John Paul II gave us. You're You're really soaking in this refreshing message of what does it mean to be human? What is the meaning of my existence? And by the gift of God, you begin to see this and it's like jaw dropping. So yeah, highly recommend um, checking out their website. They also do um, parish events as well as podcasts and other resources as well on the website. Yeah. And I'm sure that they could invite you to come and uh, give a reflection or two. Um, and again, I would encourage people to, uh, we've put up Brendan's Facebook page and uh, below his uh, picture and uh, you can find him on Facebook. I always say, you know, Twitter, all those different social medias. It's amazing how you can find people. But um, again, uh, Brendan, I think you had shared uh, at the beginning of the program, this is what you want to do. You want to just spend your life, uh, these early years, 
uh, of your life to just share the message of theology of the body. And, um, you know, I want to ask you this question of like, what is the, um, I want to say, the greatest takeaway that you've learned from JB2's teachings? And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, again, because I think a lot of times I always, people ask me, well, what have you learned from Bishop Shane? What are, what are your takeaways from his writings? And I want to ask you that same question. What are the greatest takeaways that you have uh, received from John Paul II and his, his theology of the body? Mm-hmm. So I'm about, I'll quote John Paul II. And, and this, he, he says, St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, Ephesians 5. And I didn't even really enter into this letter by St. Paul until the theology of the body. But John Paul II says, this quote is the crowning, the summa that basically says what God wants to say to mankind above else. It, all of scripture summed up in two sentences. And this is the teaching. St. Paul says, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two will become one flesh. St. Paul says, this is a great mystery, but I say this in reference to Christ in the church. St. Paul is saying man, woman, one flesh is a great mystery that reveals Christ's love for his church. What is God's plan from all eternity? that the second person of the Trinity would take flesh. And he says, this is my body given for you. Bishop Sheen quotes St. Augustine saying, the cross is the marriage bed where the eternal bridegroom says, this is my body given for you. Who's below the cross? Woman, the new Eve. Mary is the mother in the flesh. And we need to hold that because it can be weird thinking Mary's the bride. What, like, what are we talking about? But in the spirit, it's a mystical marriage. The cross is a, is a mystical union that gives birth to the church. Woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. So what does this mean? What is the mass? This is when it really changed for me. What is the mass? The mass is this re-representation of the eternal bridegroom giving himself to the bride. And what does he want to do? He wants to fill her with eternal love, eternal life. And this is where the Eucharist is where we become one, one body, one spirit in Christ. This union is, is the mystical marriage that we're all made for. We're, blessed are those called to the wedding feast of the Lamb, heaven, where we are made one with eternal love, God. And this plan, St. Paul is saying this, that this plan of God wanting to unite himself to humanity was chiseled on masculinity and femininity in the beginning to be a sign that points us to the reality that we're all made for. What is the sign? Think about it. Say you're driving to whatever favorite place you love. Is it skiing? Is it Disneyland? And you see a sign that says two exits away. You don't stop at the sign. You don't say I've reached my destiny at the sign. It's called to move us. Marriage is called to move us to our destiny which is the wedding feast of the lamb. And the problem with our culture is we stop at the sign. We stop at sex and at the surface of it. And we don't experience, John Paul II says, the fullness of erotic longing, which is the upward impulse of the human heart to what is true, good, and beautiful. So what does this mean? For me, I was like, oh my gosh, I was seeking satisfaction, fulfillment, in my girlfriends, in things in the created world. When John Paul II saying is no, everything in the created world is good, it's beautiful, but it's supposed to awaken in us a deeper thirst for an eternal good, an eternal feast that we're all made for. 
And when I heard this, I was like, oh my gosh, the Catholic church is not crazy. I've been thirsty. We're all thirsty. We're all hungry. We can't erase it. We can't erase our longing. But what are we going to do with it? Where are we going to take it? So this was revolutionary for me. It changed what the mass is. It changed who I am, what marriage is, and human life. So I thank John Paul II for that. Amen. And great quoting of uh, Archbishop Sheen. <laughs> I knew I knew he had something good to say. And he, of course, <laughs> things, uh, you can see the books I always have on the set here. Um, mm -hmm. Again, I, I looked at a few of the questions that have come in on the feed, and um, uh, there was a question from Anna, and she was asking, and again, I, I don't have my glasses with me, but I, I saw her, uh, the note in the break, and I think it's this interaction with young people, and many of these young people today are claimed to be atheists. They claim to be mm. nuns, uh, they, you know, no, no affiliation, like no faith, yes. and um, do you feel that, you know, people, young people especially, have to have a relationship with God to kind of get theology of the body? I don't know if I'm making sense with that question, but um, mm -hmm. you must talk, you know, to many people that either have no faith or just a little smidgen of it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. maybe you could address that. Yes. So if we want to experience a purity of heart to where we are able to see see the theology in the body then god has to enter in to heal us we are all wounded from original sin we're all disordered inside we all have disordered attractions so in order to see this it has to be a grace from god it has to be because but this is the atheist i have a lot of friends who are atheist and what that means is then they reduce the the person, the human being, to simply biology, and then within sexuality to strictly hormones, to where if you aren't having sex before marriage, you're going against biology and your hormones. But this is a reduction to the meaning of masculinity and femininity. What God has revealed is that this is a great mystery. So in order to see it in the heart, it needs to be from God. And we have to believe and trust and let him in. But it's, it's very logical what John Paul II is presenting. He's presenting the body is a sign of love. Masculinity does not make sense by itself. Neither does fe femininity. The body reveals a call to get, be a gift and to give and receive love we know we're made for love we, when we experience it it just just clicks in us this is what i'm made for but i also think this atheistic mentality of do whatever who cares about religion do whatever you want that's still a belief uh, when i tell people when they don't like religious people well religion the root word means one stance before god even an atheist has a stance before the Almighty, which is, I don't believe. So we're all religious in a sense, meaning that we, we have beliefs that our actions flow out of. We have to put a faith in something. Is it science? Is it yourself? Um, I mean, the biggest thing I'd like whoever's viewing is to just recognize, and even the body is a sign of this, is I am a creature. I came from another. I am not the creator. And this is a hard thing to do because it allows, it makes you be vulnerable and humble. Lord, reveal to me the truth of reality. Instead of me trying to make reality conform to what I want it to be. And I think this is the posture that we need to be in. I agree with you totally. I, I truly do. And, you know, again, we know the beauty of the Catholic faith. We know the joy. Um, you know, in your opinion, because, again, you're witnessing to the faith, um, you know, what does the Catholic Church really offer? Like, young people are going to say to you, why the Catholic Church? You're Catholic, Brendan. Mm -hmm. Why? 
And um, mm -hmm. again, what do you say to them? Yes, I, I have fun I, thinking of this memory with my cousins. I, I talk to them a lot about theology of the body and, and this exact question. And I was telling them, you know, what are you going to say if someone asks you, why are you Catholic? And what I told them was, I have been invited, all of us, we have all been invited to a feast of love and union. We have been invited, scripture says, to the wedding feast of the Lamb, where no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has ready for those who love him. Why am I Catholic? Because I want to say yes to this invitation. It reminds me of a story of St. Francis of Assisi, who, gave, who got a taste of this wedding feast. And I shared it in my TOB, uh, the virtual conference talk. But St. Francis, he was hungry. And he said, God, I want to hear heaven's song. I want to hear it. God said to him, Francis, you couldn't hear it. You would die. And an angel appeared to Francis with a violin and said, Francis, this is what the angels and saints praise God with. The angel strung one chord and Francis fainted in ecstasy. And two days he awoke and he told his brothers, if I heard one more note, I would have died. We have been invited to something that I can't even imagine. We've been invited to a feast. All we have to do, it's free. It's free. All we have to do is say yes. And it's a pure, it's, okay, it's not, it's not that easy. Meaning we have this daily, daily conversion of purification. It's not, it's not just once. It's we have to undergo radical purification of heart. But it's worth it. And all the saints say it. All the saints say I'd undergo all the suffering if I could receive the eternal wedding feast and be with our Lord. I want in. And I hope you all want in. Amen. I, I, I want in. Oh, I, I joined already. I am Catholic. So thank you for that. Uh, you know, we, we've got more questions. And of course, we might go a little over time today. But um, again, uh, Teresa uh, was asking a question about seminarians, uh, you know, young priest, old priest, this whole embracing mm -hmm. theology of the body. And, um, you know, I spent a lot of time with seminarians, uh, sharing Bishop Shin's writings with seminarians, because I want uh, there to be some more Bishop Sheen's being groomed uh, in the seminary. So uh, get these young men thinking Sheen and they'll be preaching Sheen uh, when they become priests. Tell me a little bit about interaction with seminarians today uh, and maybe some of the older priests because I'm sure that you've had some resistance from some older clergy, but uh, maybe talk about that dynamic, uh, maybe yourself or what the Theology of the Body Institute uh, does with seminarians and priests looking for more information. Mm -hmm or looking, uh, sorry, for more information of? Well, I think it's this whole idea of, you know, we want to, you know, we could talk about training the training. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, you've received some great instruction uh, through the Institute yourself. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, people would always say, well, have the seminarians got this message yet? Are they being mm -hmm. taught theology of the body? Uh, I've got a uh, old mm -hmm. priest that's a bit resistant, you know, to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, embracing this uh, teaching. Um, so I think it's just more of um, maybe uh, disseminating the information and, um, mm -hmm. you know, talking about that because, you know, we see so many people um, sharing the message of theology of the body. I know my wife and I have taken uh, courses and uh, there's always certificates being offered, it seems. And, um, mm -hmm. But I think it's this engagement, uh, this, uh, yes. this longing that we have to say, wow, I wish that, the, you know, the young, the youth, um, especially youth, but the young seminarians will be able to learn uh, this beautiful teaching. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think we, uh, the uh, uh, listener today, uh, Teresa, mm -hmm. was asking in her question. Yeah. Yes, I hope, I hope all seminarians are learning this. I, and if we don't embrace it, it's, 
we're not embracing our humanity, the meaning of our existence. What is, is it, I mean, when I recall this, what, what's a priest? If a, a priest is entering into the spousal union of Christ and his church, he is in the person of Christ conformed with Christ's heart to love as Christ loves. So we, th- we think, oh, a priest, that means they kind of were, they didn't want to be married or they're kind of suspicious of sexuality and they entered the priest. This is, if a priest does not want to be married, then this person should not be a priest because it's in our very nature to want to be married, to want to have children. It's in our very nature. And this is the thing priesthood celibacy is they are a living sign of the eschatological i know i just said a big word but eschatological means the the our destiny it's it's a sign here and now of our destiny where it will be a virginal union of christ and his church so a celibate is living here on earth what is to come in anticipation. So they're already there. It's not, they're squashing their desire for love and union. They're opening it fully entirely to God. They're giving their body and soul to God in order to then love as Christ loves the church in order to, to bring and help bring about the spousal union of Christ and his church so yeah i mean i would i would hope all the seminarians are are learning this mm-hmm. and you know um they're learning lots and uh we will pray that they'll be able to engage the culture especially our youth and i know that so many of our viewers have a great uh, love for our young people and they would just long for them to um, get mm-hmm. it right early because uh, mm-hmm. we see this guilt, this shame, and I always, uh, you know, mention to people who are struggling with guilt. Remember, our Lord didn't come into the world to condemn it; He came mm-hmm. into the world to save it. And mm-hmm. I know for a fact that theology of the body, these beautiful teachings from Saint John Paul II, will help save the world and uh, uh, bring a, a great deal of healing uh, to so many. So. Mm-hmm. You know, again, our hour has flown by here, uh, Brendan. And um, again, we'll have to come and have you back on the show. But um, please tell our audience once again where they can find you and uh, what your heart's desire is uh, for the next few years at least. Mm-hmm. So right now, uh, the best way you can find me is on Facebook at Brendan J. McCauley. I don't really have anything up on it right now. But... I hope just even during this this quarantine time to start maybe putting videos out, small videos that may answer certain questions about the human person. And I also am hopefully in the future to be uh, working alongside the Theology of the Body Institute and just trying to get this message out as much as possible, whether it be through speaking arrangements, uh, um, retreats. So I have, there's a couple opportunities I may have depending on where um, the virus is at in the fall, but yeah, I'm going to be, I I just began a Facebook, so I'm going to try to be getting just small informations out where people can kind of receive a small, just a nugget, you know? Yes. And it is difficult in these times of uh, restrictions. And I think we all really don't know what the future holds, but uh, we need to keep preaching the truth and uh, mm-hmm. with great clarity and charity um, to so many. And I know you'll be doing that in the years to come. And so uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show. And uh, again, we saw when we saw you uh, at the Theology of the Body Conference and uh, you gave that beautiful talk on I Thirst, I knew it would be a perfect fit for you to come onto this show, Hungry for More, to help quench our thirst. Uh, about uh, things of theology of the body. And uh, so thank you that for that. Uh, we're going to end, as we always do, with a little prayer for um, asking uh, Archbishop Sheen to intercede for us. And so I'll have Kent uh, 
uh, you know, put up onto the screen uh, again, a picture of Bishop Sheen, and I'll lead us in this final prayer, uh, asking for a spiritual favor. And we'll make the uh, favor be that uh, we're looking to uh, have our young people uh, embrace the message of theology of the body. And so we'll do that now. So uh, please join me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Eternal Father, you alone grant us every blessing in heaven and on earth through the redemptive mission of your divine Son, Jesus Christ, and by the working of the Holy Spirit. If it be according to your will, glorify your servant, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, by granting the favor we now request through his prayerful intercession. And here we pray that uh, our youth will uh, receive and embrace. Uh, the teachings of the theology of the body through St. John Paul II, and that God will continue to bless uh, young people like Brendan to share this beautiful message. And we make this prayer confidently through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brendan, thank you for joining us uh, for this edition of Hungry for More. And uh, again, if you want to... Uh, find more information about the Theology of the Body Institute, you can visit them on the web at uh, simply www.tobinstitute.org. So until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you kindly and bring you peace. We'll see you again next week. God love you. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today.